At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm also with Vison, and I'm also on Twitter at Holden Radio. You get a chance, leave me a five star review, say something nice about the show, and let's get into it. The Avalanche taking a 1 0 series lead against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll break that game down, a bet review, and we'll look forward to the game two lines as well. The Broncos wrapping things up. I have a really, really crazy Russell Wilson stat that you likely have not heard about yet. Plus, we got the NBA Finals, game number six. We got some bets there. And Ian St. Clair, who was right yesterday about the Avs coming out strong, and I was wrong. He's going to join me here on the Front Range Four. The four biggest sports stories on the Front Range about last night. 4-3 overtime winner on a Burakovsky game-winning goal. Woo! Before we break down last night, there is a special up on Bet Rivers right now. Both the Avalanche and the Lightning to score in the first period of Game 2. It was plus 165. It's now plus 180. We saw the Avs come out on fire last night. And then we saw uh, Vasilevsky settle down. We saw Kemper... Not great in the second period, giving up a couple goals. He bounced back later on. As far as the abs and lightning to score in the first period, both of them, that is a tough ask, even at plus 180. Game two lines in just a minute, but first, wow. Uh, speaking of goaltending here, Darcy Kemper, 20 saves, 23 shots, okay? The really interesting thing about him, though, three for three on the PK, on the penalty kill. He looked shaky in that second period but he was okay the rest of the game. 
the Avs defense just doesn't allow many shots on goal. So Kemper was terrific on the penalty kill. He was terrific late in the third and limited in overtime. But uh, he needs to be better, to be perfectly honest with you. Those back-to-back goals, which basically they were, what were they scored within a minute or so? Uh, those back-to-back goals were unacceptable. And that's the type of play that is going to sink the avalanche if it continues, okay? Bednar on Kemper. Darcy's a guy we leaned on heavily all year long. It's why we relied on him to do this job. I thought it was pretty good. The goals we gave up and the chances we gave up, we made some big mistakes on. He made some big saves for us and got us a win. So I'm with him. I thought he was pretty good. I think he was okay. You know, if I had to grade him, I'd give him a C plus. They got the win, but he did look sloppy. The one thing that I can say, this defense is just spectacular. They just shut opposing offensives down. They're not getting shots on goal. 23 shots? 38 for the Avs. My goodness. And then, I can't wait to talk to St. Clair, too. Because he said, I said, listen, nine days off. Avalanche is going to be tired. They're going to be rusty. It's going to be gross. Landeskog actually said the long layoff helped the Avs, allowed them to get healthy, and that's what happened. Sinclair goes, they're going to come out and blitz them. They came out and blitzed them. Andre Vasilevsky allowing three first-period goals for the first time in his playoff career. You know, that's something else. He may have not faced an offense this good throughout any of those runs, either the last two runs they've had or a team with this speed. Now, it took a period, actually, for the Lightning to catch up to how fast the Avalanche were, but I still look at this and I say the Avalanche are the faster team. They do have a little bit more talent offensively, and if the Lightning are going to win this series, it's going to be because of Vasilevsky. And thank God they got to him for three goals in the first period, and then they got him on the overtime goal. Uh, And on that game winner in overtime, how great was that? JT Comfer is sitting there around center ice. He intercepts a pass. He knocks it down. He gets it to Nishushkin, who put it on a tee for Burakovsky, and the game ended. Burakovsky actually has missed four games here in the playoffs. Two healthy scratches against St. Louis, so he wasn't even good enough to get on the ice. Two more games he missed against the Oilers after he blocked a shot. So he's been gone for four games. Ended the game last night. Nachuskin was a beast. Um, I wouldn't. I would say he was the best forward in the game. Six shots, eleven attempts, a goal, and an assist. Nachuskin was spectacular. So, things I loved about last night: the win, the win, one nothing series lead. Number two, Colorado for seventeen turnovers. Tampa just four. Avs penalty kill three for three on the kills. Now, another note here, 13 of the previous 17 teams that won game one of the cup final in overtime went on to win the series, 76.5% of the time. I just thought it was an interesting one. Just just thought it was at 17 Stanley Cup finals, game ones have gone to overtime, 13 have won the series that won that game. Does that mean anything going forward? Not to me, not really. Thought it was interesting. Here's some concerns going forward, though. Yeah, they got the win, but Vasilevsky... He was nails after the first period. And we'll see that second and third period version of Vasilevsky more. That's what I'm concerned about. He saved 22 in a row in the second and the third. 
the good news for the Avs is they get a ton of shots and a ton of shots on goal. So the more you throw up there, the better the chance one has of going in. But he's going to steal a couple of games. He was just so, so good. A couple times McKinnon point, point blank stopped him. He let some ugly goals in early, two in the first period, and then almost allowed another one in in the second period. But, boy, he, he was great for those two periods. If I'm a Lightning fan, I'm probably saying, oh, Vasilevsky wasn't that good. He gave up the goals in the first. Hey, I'm over here on the Avs side saying that dude's a bad dude. And there's going to be a couple of games here where it's going to be tough for the Avalanche to score. Only other concern going forward, there was a time when, like, Tampa Bay went 14 of 15 face-offs in the offensive zone. Face-off 60-40 in favor of Tampa Bay. 60% to 40% in favor of Tampa Bay. So we got a two-day break before game two on Saturday. Then you're going to hear about adjustments and questions about Kadri, if he's going to be back, if Cagliano's going to be back. Braden Point was back for Tampa Bay last night. Looked pretty good, but boy, they get Kadri and or Cogliano back for the rest of this series. Huge, huge boost. Huge, huge boost. Talking about the bets last night. We laid five down for the, uh, between last night, game one, and the series. Tampa Bay won the first period. Um, Tampa Bay did not win the first period. The Avs won the first period, I should say. So that was a loss for me. The three-way first period bet and the money line on Tampa Bay lost. I'm fine with that. The Avs won. We got a big, we've got two huge futures down on the Avalanche. Two of those. Uh, McCarr did finish over two and a half block shots, picked up his third, and the game went over the total of six. So I went 0 for 2 there. Uh, St. Clair picked us up in the McCarr over two and a half block shots. And we got our futures down here. Series to go over five and a half games. I think if you saw last night, you see this series is probably going deep. Two pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, in different ways, though. Massive goaltending advantage for Tampa Bay. All of last night, that didn't show. And I think that speed and offensively, it's just going to be a better series for the Avalanche. Uh, so the series future, and then we've got the Avs to win the Cup. Uh, plus 580, plus 6-something, and plus 325. So a lot of good bets that are still open for us in the futures market as well. Let's go to the Game 2 lines on Bet Rivers. Avalanche minus 150. That's about where this line closed. I saw it at minus 145 before faceoff. Avs on the puck line to win by two or more goals, plus 165. Lightning getting the puck line minus 200. And then the total, once again, is six. Uh, these lines are set very, very, very nicely. I will dig deeper into these numbers tomorrow. I want to sit back, crunch some more numbers as I'm sitting here on Thursday morning, just kind of... Exhaling after an amazing game last night. Here's the series price. The Avalanche minus 278. So at this point, why bother? And then Tampa Bay plus 230. That's an interesting bet. If you do think that the Lightning are going to win this series, this is the time to do it at plus 230. They could easily come back and steal game two. Easily. Uh, total games played in the series over five and a half. We got in at minus 150. Little bit of CLV here, minus 148. I don't know, it shifted it. <laughs> I'd say it was me, but I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, so a little bit of a correction there to minus 148, but big deal. So again, series price minus 278 for the Avs. To go five and a half, to go six or seven games in the series is minus 148. 
and it's minus 150 on the money line with the total at six. That game coming up Saturday night at 6.15 Mountain Time. I am excited. That's number one on the front range four, the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's get to number two, and then I will get to a little Broncos and the NBA Finals. Number two, the Broncos. Two things. Here's a really cool stat that I found from my buddy Eric Moody. After 10 seasons, all right, his first 10 years, Russell Wilson has thrown 292 career touchdown passes, second most all-time behind Peyton Manning at 306. And there's one more than third place, Dan Marino. What? Russell Wilson has the second most all-time touchdown passes through 10 seasons behind Peyton Manning? And he was in Seattle? where they ran the ball first most of the time he was there. That is a remarkable statistic and one that I look forward to repeating over and over and over again uh, through the end of the 2022-23 season. That's the first thing. The second thing is, are there really people that are bothered by the Broncos turning practice into a meet and greet? Huh? Give me a break. I've worked with people in the media industry that are like that. They just want to complain about anything. Have I been guilty of that before? I'm sure there's something where I was, was acting like a curmudgeon. And honestly, I don't even know where this came from. All I'm doing is reacting to a ton of beat writers saying, there's no problem with it. There's no problem with it. And, and there is no problem with it. Hackett didn't want to run plays. He wants to get these guys together. It was a team building event. There was basketball and laser tag and getting to know your new teammates. That would be awesome. That would be that would be good for the spirit of the team. Like if Vison called up and they said, "Come on out. We're just going to have a day where you can play basketball and laser tag and get to know the people that you're working with." I would love that. That actually would probably mean a lot more to me than just another day of work. The miserable people are the ones that complain about things like this, or they don't have anything else to talk about. Okay. It was a team building event. I loved it. Good for Hackett. Bill Belichick's done it. Kyle Shanahan's, you know what? If Bill Belichick, let's just leave it at Belichick. If Bill Belichick is giving guys time off of minicamp and OTAs, then Nathaniel Hackett could do it. Okay. Bonding every bit as important as practicing plays at this point of the off season. There's a new coaching staff, a new quarterback. These guys have been put in the time in the off season. We'll see you guys again for training camp in late July. That's number two on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's get to the NBA finals now. Wow. Show plays. We had our show plays pre NBA finals. We had the Warriors in six and the Warriors in seven. And both of those bets are very, very, very much alive. They could cash as soon as tonight with game six in Boston. But here are the lines tonight for game number six in Boston. Celtics minus four at minus 109. Warriors plus four, minus 113. Warriors on the money line, plus 140. Celtics on the money line, minus 167. The total in this game, the total in this game is the lowest it's been the whole series, sitting at 210, just 210, minus 110 on both sides. Very, 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 very interesting. I have been trying to find a Jason Tatum prop. I think if I could find anything with him turning the ball over uh, three times or more 
I'll definitely jump on that at this point. That dude has been a disaster. He passed LeBron James the other night for the most turnovers in a single postseason. But let's get into the autoplay here. I'm going back to it again tonight. Yeah, I am 5-0 in the NBA Finals. And this really goes back to the Western Conference, Eastern Conference, mostly the Western Conference Finals, where we're betting the double-digit uh, final. Okay, all five games of the series, double-digit points. I'm going back to the well. I think the Celtics win this game. I will not uh, usually bet anything pregame, and I'll say this again. The only thing I'm going to bet pregame is a trend or something that I love, 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 because if you bet the NBA and college basketball, you bet the NBA in-game, you're going to get a better number almost every single time. Almost every single time. So I'll go back to my auto play. I think the Celtics win. I'm not taking them minus four. I'm not taking them on the money line. I'm taking them minus nine and a half again. It's at plus 195. I'll take them at minus 10 at plus 215. So quarter unit on both. We'll take a half, uh, half a unit. We'll place it on the Celtics to win by double digits. If you like Golden State, I highly recommend you sprinkle on the minus nine and a half at plus 440. That is a huge hit. If Golden State wins this game by double digits, which they've done, what, three times already? You're getting plus 4.4 to 1. You place a dollar down, you're getting $4.40 back. So $100, $440. For my money, you might as well take the dog on the money line instead of the points with the proclivity of blowout. So again, you, you, if you're back in the Warriors, sprinkle a little on that. Uh, some notes. Celtics 7-1 after a loss in these playoffs. First time they lost after a loss was in Game 5. Game 6 Clay. Do you remember Game 6 Clay? He's had some wonderful performances in Game 6s. By the way, you'll hear about this. He's also been great in Game 5s. But Thompson has averaged almost 50% from behind the arc in Game 6s over the career, okay? Uh, in his first, he's played 12 Game 6s. In his first five, he averaged 10.2 points per game, 32% three-point shooter, and 43.5% true shooting percentage. In his last seven games in game six, he's played six, or he's played seven game sixes over his last seven. 28 points, 54.4% on the arc, and a 66.3% true shooting percentage. Thompson's points prop tonight on Bet Rivers. 20 and a half plus 105 to the over minus 134 to the under. And again, he's been great in game fives too, but Draymond brought it up on his podcast. Thompson game six, they're expecting him to go off. A lot of different ways that I feel about this. A, just because he's done it over his last seven, does he do it again? I mean, it's a pretty long trend there. Seven game sixes. It's, it's gotta be something mental at this point too. But on the other hand, you've got Curry coming off an awful game. Didn't hit a three for the first time since, what, 2018? First time of the playoffs, he hasn't done that. You know, it was a game where, where Steph just goes banana. Or do the Celtics go out and try and shut him down again? And that leaves Clay open. I'm not going to hit this, but I'm just giving you the information. In his last seven game sixes, 28 points, 66% true shooting, 54.4% behind the three-point line. He has been absolutely amazing. I'm not going to bet the trend. A lot of people that will. I don't blame you if you're going to bet that trend. Okay, last thing here on the NBA Finals. Sharps, 
expecting another low scoring game. So I told you about that 210, uh, 210 total. We've seen the total go from 210 and a half to 210. And this is a note from VEASAN. Unders are 57 and 35 this postseason. That's hitting at a 62% clip. When the total falls, like it has just a half point, but it still fell. The under is 25 and 16. That is 69%. So the trends, or maybe there's a betting system out there that you use. All of this is saying tonight, it's pointing to an under. Not so sure about that. I'll just go over a couple other player props that I think are interesting. You think Curry bounces back big time. 28 and a half of his, is his points prop. Minus 134. Under is plus 105. That's an interesting one. Gary Payton, who's had a little bit more time. I might sprinkle a little on his over five and a half. Minus 113. You've got Tatum at 27 and a half points. Where's he been this series? He's just been an enigma. Bad, bad series for Tatum. Uh, 27 and a half. I, I know you say, hey, he's, uh, numbers wise. No, no, no. He's turned the ball over too much. Not consistent. 27 and a half points for him. Minus 127 to the over. Under is even money. I lean toward the under there. Oh, something has just changed. In the last 20 minutes while I've been taping this, Clay Thompson's point prop went down from 20 and a half to 19 and a half. That's big. So some money coming in on the under. So the over 19 and a half now is minus 127. The under is 19 and a half. I'm going to add that bet here. That point is big. No, I'm not. Ah, I'm not going. I'm not going to make a snap judgment. You're listening to me debate myself out loud right now. I'm not going to bet this just because the point. Just because it dropped the point. You see it get down to 18 and a half minus 127. I'd hit it. You still got to get to 20 tonight. And while it looks like it could happen, I'm not going to buy it. The thing that I think is interesting, though, Clay Thompson versus Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's had like some big quarters. He hasn't put whole games together. Clay to outscore Brown plus 175. Hmm. I'm stroking my beard, by the way, which I really don't have. Uh, let's get to number four on the front range four. Let's go back to the Colorado Avalanche. And we're joined by my friend from Play Colorado and PlayColorado.com, Ian St. Clair. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. My friend, congratulations on the win last night. Before I talk to you or hear you talk about it, you were right. I was wrong. The Avalanche came out strong. I thought they'd be rusty. They weren't. They went out. They dominated Tampa Bay early. Um, and then the other thing is thank you for the Kale McCarr play because you, you saved it. He was at two block shots heading in uh, a little bit later in the game, the third. I didn't even see the block. But I looked at the box score and it said three. Congratulations. You get the win. You get the betting win. You get another betting win. How are we feeling today? Up one nothing, my friend. I have been watching that Andre Burakovsky goal on a loop since last night. And I, the thing that impresses me about that win, and, and not so much the start, because I, I, I just I had a feeling 
having watched hockey as long as I have, the one thing that you can't prepare for is the speed. And even after the game, John Cooper said, we have not faced a team like this. So, but the other thing that impressed me is the depth. To have Valerie Nachushkin yeah. basically be the star of the game, getting the, the second goal of the game, setting up Andre Burakovsky, being a consistent forechecker, and keeping plays alive with his speed and his size, man, I, I I've been fired up. I, I I've been I was never really a Blink 182 fan when I was growing up, but to have now this become one of the coolest traditions in sports where fans sing all the small things, and I've been apparently Mark Hoppus introed on the Jumbotron at the game, all the small things. I've been trying to find this hype video from Mark Hoppus, and I, I put it out on the Twitter machine and can't find it. But you said that I wasn't fired up yesterday. I'm fired up now. I, I mean, to get back into the swing of the Stanley Cup final, to experience it again, the way the Avs came out, the way they responded and didn't lose a beat after a, a, an unbelievable play, by Kucherov on that uh, on that game tying goal or the 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 goal that made it three to two, and then to have Tampa tie it up forty eight seconds later. I I mean it's just this team has so much resiliency and fight in it. So after the game winner by Burakovsky, I think I jumped up and said "f yeah" with the full expletive, and it means we're three wins away from cashing these three big. Futures bets, six plus 625 plus 575 plus 325 on the Avalanche. What did you say when the goal went in? I was standing up. As I said, I had the TV on mute because I, I, I like Sean McDonough. I, I like Chicken Parm, Ray Ferraro for the, the old school ESPN when they had NHL Tonight on ESPN2 back in the day with John Bouchergrass and Ray Ferraro. They're no Gary Thorne or Bill Clement. So I, I had it on I had it on mute, but as soon as I saw that Comfer had his shot blocked by Hedman and it goes to Nachushkin, I, I, I could see Burakovsky was set up. And I, I I was already standing up and I screamed. I, I'm sure our neighbors didn't appreciate it. My wife screamed. She doesn't ever do that when the Avs score. She's more uh, low-key than I am, but even she did it. And it, it was just... It was a glorious moment. So you had the game on mute. Were you listening to it on radio or nope. were you just watching the game on mute? Cause that would be weird if you were just watching it on mute. I just watch it on mute. I just like to watch the flow of the game. Hold on a second. You watched game one of the Stanley cup finals on mute. The whole thing. Uh huh. After Tampa tied it up. I said, as soon as to, if, if it's a tie game or the Az are losing, I mute the TV and I just watched the game. At a superstition? A little bit. But so it's I just, just quiet. It's just quiet in the room you're watching it, and that's it. What quiet? As I'm yelling at the TV for things that unfold. I, I'm learning new things about you every day. Yesterday, you're you're low energy. Your team comes out and wins. You were finally pumped up a couple hours for the game, and now I learn that overtime you're watching in mute. Yep. Who is this individual? I don't need the hype from bad announcers. If it was Gary Thorne or Bill Clement, I would watch it. It would not be on mute. But if it's Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro, it's on mute. Sean McDonough, by the way, one of the best broadcasters ever. 
He's overshadowed. I love listening to Sean McDonough, but you're right. It's no Gary Thorne. It's no Bill Clement. And as I was thinking last night, I'm like, God, I wish those two guys were calling it. But if I don't have it, I still have McDonough. Yeah, I, I and Connor McGahee on his call. If you haven't heard He's it on great. Altitude Radio, it was great. I I, I don't I don't usually like he he goes a little too punny for me, uh-huh. but but he his call was was excellent. It, it it really was a great call for the game winning goal. And I it, and there there's a I can't remember who does it, but he had a stream of all the calls from the various broadcast networks of the goal. I actually like the Sportsnet call. Well, yeah, it's Canadians. They just get excited about anything. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it was a great game. I, I, I was actually impressed with Tampa to be able to come back because they got punched in the face. Like they legitimately got punched in the face, and to come back the way they did, I, I, I do think the Avs made some defensive mistakes that I think they can shore up. For all the talk that Tampa wasn't at its best, I don't think Colorado was at its best either, especially in the second period. They got better in the third. And they started to get some momentum going, and I think that's what led to the the play in overtime and, and the eventual winner. But I, I don't think the Avalanche were, were at their best either, and I think that that should be something that should concern John Cooper. So let's, uh, let's talk about game two, and then we'll come back and just recap a little bit more on game one, okay? Again, Avalanche minus 150 to win this game. Total back to six. Total went over yesterday with that overtime game. Hit seven. That was a little surprising to me. I, I thought both teams would be a little bit better defensively, but... I, I thought the Avs, you know, two goals, I guess, that were, were defensively was on them. I thought Kemper was okay. A lot more people are giving him congrats today. I thought he was okay. But Avs minus 150, total is six. Any thoughts as... Uh, I mean, you nailed game one. What's going to happen in game two, Kreskin? I, I think the Avs are going to carry over how they started, and it's going to carry over. I, I think the win, not so much the win, but how the Avalanche won, mm-hmm. I, I think is going to be something that just gives them even more confidence and emotion heading into game two. And there's something to look at and consider with this. Jared Bednar has said that Nazem Kadri and Andrew, and Andrew Cogliano are day-to-day. I would not be surprised if Nazem Kadri plays in game two. Can you imagine the lift that yeah. that's going to give that room if he's able to go? Now, I this is just my gut. This is just me. I have no inside information on what Jared Bednar will do. And I don't think Jared Bednar knows what he will do. I think he's going to trust Nazem Kadri and his trainers on whether or not he does. But something tells me after the way they, they won that game, I would not be surprised if either or both are in the lineup for game two. And I I think that's just going to give them even more lift because you saw the depth at play, the second line of Comfer and Nachushkin and Burakovsky. I mean, Bednar dropped Nachushkin down to the second line, put Rantanen up at the top line, and that second line still was great. You had that third line of Lykanen, Helm, and O'Connor. And then the fourth line just did its job. And I think that's all you need. But if you can get both of those guys back, you're going to add even more speed. You're going to have even more physical play. So I think they're going to come out the way they did, but they're going to be more consistent. They're not going to have the drop-off that they had in the second period. They're going to realize that Tampa cannot overcome the speed of the avalanche. And that's how 
the avalanche are going to take control and just continue to do what they did in the first 10 to 15 minutes of that third or of the first period. Back to the Makar prop block shots. Yes. Over two and a half. And I, and I would go shots for Kale Makar as well. I, I, I was a little hesitant about Nathan McKinnon's shots because it was so high at four and a half, but even he got five shots. I think he's going to be better. I, I, I may not go I, I may not go first goal scorer for McKinnon, but I would do anytime goal scorer for McKinnon, and I would consider it for McCarr. I think both of those guys are going to be better in game two. Um, the problem with McKinnon is it's basically even money at this point. Yeah. Right? Let me let me go. I was just looking at it a second ago. You're betting on McKinnon plus 112 to score a goal. I mean, at least it's that's... not. At, at least it's not negative. So at least you get something out of it. If it's yeah. if it's something that like I I will never tell people to do same game parlays because it, it's yeah, it's, it, it's so risky. But it like if you have a free bet or something and you want to do like Avs money line or whatever, do a McKinnon anytime goal score. It that would be something to consider, but. It, it makes sense just because it's plus money. It's not to the point where you're not going to get anything out of it. It's not as high as it could be. McCarr's plus 250. I'm sure you like that more. Than yes. I, if I was going to go just one, I, I'd go that one for McCarr. And I, I think we saw it with the power play. I, I think McCarr, he was fantastic. I mean, he did get an assist. Uh, McKinnon got an assist. So they're still going to be the favorites for the Conn Smythe. I was looking at it at most of the books. Yeah. Landeskog and Rantanen have jumped up to uh, about plus a thousand for most of the books. My my wife threw out could Nachushkin be an option, and I, I, mm. I, I it meh, I, and I maybe, but I don't think so. Lykanen could be an option too. I thought Kadri had the potential, but after the Kane hit. It probably drops that drops him off. So it's going to be McCarr Landeskog. But yeah, if I was going to go anytime goal scorer, the fact that McCarr is plus two fifty, that's what I would go with. Plus two fifty McCarr, huh? All right, here's the tough part about the Abs. Then you were mentioning the depth. You know, normally McKinnon and McCarr, yeah, okay, they're going to score goals, right? Burakovsky, Nachushkin, all these guys now are scoring. So that actually makes it a little diff more difficult. To bet these player props because you just don't know where it's coming from. The guy that I just have loved the most these playoffs is Comfer though. Yeah. And again, the 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 big he forced the turnover last night. He just stuck his glove up, knocked the puck down. Comfer's been terrific. Let's talk a little bit more about the depth. Your thoughts on that? And who else could step up in game two? I I, I definitely agree with JT Comfer. I, I think the thing where he's uh, I had a couple weeks ago we were talking about how that line needed to be better defensively. And I don't want to take responsibility for it, for calling it out. But since I brought it up, they've been better defensively. They haven't had the, the letdowns. They haven't allowed teams to cycle the way that they were doing up until that point. And I think that's where Comfer has upped his game along with his line. And if you're able to drop him back to the third line, if Kadri is able to play, oh my. I, I, I just I, – but the thing with the depth, now that Nachushkin and Burakovsky and Lykanen – got their goals. Now that lessens the stress on Nathan McKinnon. Now he can just be, all right, I'm just going to go play my game now. And as much as I thought he would be that player in game one, I think he'll be it in game two. So I, I think McKinnon, McCarr, as good as Rantanen was, I think he can be a little bit better too. 
Landeskog is obviously, I think, the the straw that stirs the drink for the Avalanche as the captain. So uh, that's where I would look. And then here's another uh, as uh, the line that I have been most impressed with. Mm-hmm. Is that Darren Helm line with Logan O'Connor? And they yes. had Lykanen. They had Lykanen on the line in Game One. If you can get Andrew Cogliano back on that line, that line has been fantastic for the Avalanche. So I would not be surprised one bit if if that line comes up with a big goal in Game Two. All right. So here's the two concerns I have. Get your thoughts on this, and then. We'll get you out of here. First concern, Vasilevsky. I was already worried about him. He, just, he saved 22 in a row in the second and the third period. You know, they blitzed him in the first. They might have to win a couple of these games two to one, you know, at, at this, this point. And the second one was the faceoffs. We've seen issues with that. Tampa Bay won 60%. I think there was a, a stretch there where Tampa Bay had won 14 of 15 in the offensive zone. Those are my two biggest concerns, thoughts on them. And do you have any concerns going forward? That was my big concern was the faceoffs, And it's not necessarily the total. It is when the Avalanche lost those faceoffs. There was a moment where the Avalanche had Tampa Bay backed up and they had some of their top players, Tampa's, on the ice for over a minute. And they were starting to, you could start to see it. Like um, maybe it was Kalorn, I think, or uh, the, one of the defensemen with one of their big ass beards. I can't remember what his name is, but he was gassed. And obviously, at that point, when you have a team that's on the shelf, on the ropes, Bednar throws out the top line. And not just McKinnon and uh, Landeskog. He added Rantanen to the mix. And Landeskog lost that faceoff. That's the moment. It's not the total. It's when the Avalanche lose these faceoffs. So that's where I think they need to be better. I think they have the game plan to beat Vasilevsky. And I said it to you before game one yesterday. Pepper him with shots, get traffic in front of him, don't allow him to see the puck. The Avalanche, it, it seems like they, and I don't want to say this, knock on wood, but they seem to have the ability to score goals on him. They did it in the regular season. They did it in game one. Now, I, I do think he can be better, but so can the Avalanche. They have the recipe now with their speed and the way that they can get set up in the offensive zone, that's something that I think the Avalanche can be better at in game one is getting sustained cycles and pressure in the Tampa Bay zone. That's where I would look for the Avalanche to get even better and then continue to pepper him with shots, continue to get traffic in front of him. That's how you beat him. That's how you beat any goalie, whether it's Patrick Waugh, Jacques Plante, Ken Dryden, Martin Brodeur. You beat them by peppering them with shots and getting traffic in front of them. And I think that's what the avalanche will continue to do. But I, I agree with you on the faceoffs. That has got to get better. Oh, and I forgot to ask you about Kemper too. I give him a C plus just because they won. I mean, he's only facing 23 shots. That's the great part about the avalanche. You're right. They muck it up right in front. 23 shots on goal is nothing. And this is seemingly what they do most games to the opponents. what do you think of Kemper? What do you think of him going forward? I thought he was a little shaky. I, he wasn't bad, but he also wasn't that great, but he doesn't have to be. And I, I think that's the key. He's not trying to be Andre Vezilevsky. He will never be Andre Vezilevsky. And I think he said that after the game. He's not competing against Andre Vezilevsky. But I do think, keep in mind, he didn't play for over two weeks. He had a 15-day layoff between game one 
and then game one against Tampa. So I, I think that was a big part of it. I think he had to shake off. You mentioned the rust. He was the guy, I think, that showed the biggest rust. Because, I mean, that first goal, he was just completely out of position on Paul's goal. He, I mean, that's a play where he needs to take a, a cue from Veselevsky on that uh, poke check on Comfer, on Comfer's breakaway. That's what Kemper should have done on that on Paul's first goal. He was completely out of position. I think defensively, Taves and Makar on that second goal that uh, Kucherov set up for uh, Andre Palat, it was a great play by Kucherov, but Taves and Makar were out of position. I think that's another opportunity for Kemper to use a poke check to get that puck out of the way of Kucherov. I mean, he could have gotten his stick down and deflected it for his defenseman. But I, I think Kemper will be better. I, I think he sh he got better as the game went along. So I, I think he'll be – I think he is in a position to continue to improve, as is this Avs team. All right, my friend. Just so you know, get in prices, $750 to game number two if you're interested. Uh, still shocked that it, we you could have gotten in under $500. For the most part, it was around seven seven fifty, but um, these prices aren't too bad. And if you if you want to go to Tampa Bay for a vacation and you just happen to go to that game, you can get in for around six hundred bucks. Well, there you go. And I mean, the thing that I'm impressed with is all the watch parties. There is the one at the Aurora Triad. There is one at McGregor Square. I think there are more people in McGregor Square than were at Coors Field for the Rockies game for game one. And then, of course, the only reason that fans at Coors Field had to applaud on uh, Wednesday night was the Avalanche winning because the Rockies yeah. lost again. But there's watch parties all over the place. I, I mean... This is awesome to see, and I, I, I think the Avalanche are going to be even better in Game Two. That's what my gut is telling me. Tampa may be better, but I mean, John Cooper, I think, hinted at it. They've never seen a team like Colorado in the Stanley Cup Final with this kind of speed, and I think Bednar is going to reiterate that fact over the next two days. Let's bury them with our speed. Let's get better in our offensive zone. Let's try to shore up a little bit better in the neutral zone. But I thought they were fantastic in the defensive and neutral zone, minus a couple of breakdowns. I, I think we're going to see the Avalanche at their best in game two. All right, my friend. Thank you very much for the time today. I always appreciate it. Give me your best bet. Makar over blocks, Makar over shots, and what's the other one? Avs money line. Avs money line. Three-way. Two Makars. Three-way? Yep. No overtime this time. No overtime. What's incredible about line. so here's some yeah. trivia: the Avalanche have never lost a game one in the Stanley Cup Final, and there have only been two overtime game-winning goals scored by the Avalanche: Andre Burakovsky, and then Uwe Krupp in Game Four in triple Uwe overtime. Krupp. look at you to claim Uwe the Krupp. cup in the old Miami Arena. That's some amazing stuff you just gave us there, Ian St. Clair. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Leave us a five-star review if you get a chance, a thumbs up or whatever the heck you want to give it. Maybe say something nice as well. For Ian St. Clair, I'm Holden Kushner. For our producer, Steven, I'll be back tomorrow. I will have some best bets for game number two on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.